Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And we have a new guest on the podcast today, Chloe. Uh, Chloe has a podcast called Stripper Stories, which um, also drops on Wednesdays because we thoroughly believe in a happy hump day. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Chloe? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you, Sydney, for having me on. I absolutely love your podcast. It's one of my faves. Thank you so much. Um, I'm honored. Um, so let's get into your background before we get into today's topics, because you sent me an email. Um, obviously you do stripper stories. So are you a dancer? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, pre COVID, I was a stripper for about eight years. Um, and then I worked as a walker, which is like a girlfriend experience, GFE, dominatrix. And now I currently work on adult work, which is a online platform. Um, and I also host the podcast Stripper Stories. So yeah, that keeps me quite busy. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, so the, the platform that you said you're on adult work, is that similar to OnlyFans? No, it's not similar at all. It's, it's almost like, um, a kind of chat roulette of, it's like on, yeah, it's kind of like online camming. Um, which is like live, so you can pay per minute to chat with the girls on there, um, and you can, I guess, fulfill like all your kinks and whatever you feel like. We've got it on there. So <laughs> OnlyFans is very different from that because it's subscription based, um, and it's it's similar, not fit for work content, but um, but it's more like the Instagram of uh, kind of online sluttery, I would say. Gotcha. So like, what you do now? Do you have regulars? Are they able to? tune back into you or is it kind of just um whoever's on yeah I do have regulars yeah they know exactly when I'm going to be online um and they can call me I like I charge a x amount of pounds per minute and um yeah they just call me up and we hang out do different type of things some people like foot worship some people like um puppy play some people like just plain old sub dom situations so yeah it's just it's just a kind of safe space for people to explore their like sexual fantasies i guess and so i'm guessing you're well versed in all of those fantasies because you have to be a shapeshifter based on what the client is looking for yeah i guess so uh, i mean there probably is some sort of kink out there that i haven't come across just like <laughs> anything sexual you know is everything so subjective isn't it but um but yeah so i, I guess I, i'd say i kind of know most things um but like i said things do surprise me daily trust me <laughs> yeah it's just like i never heard of puppy play until maybe five or six years ago and I was like, was it a thing or was it just like a new invention? And and now I think everyone has heard of it, but I assume that there's new kinks like waiting to be invented. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Like there'll be something else that like comes about. I'm pretty sure of it. Like in the in the future, you know, there'll be something strange that will pop up. I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really do. En- I do really enjoy my work and um and yeah, I'm kind of glad that there is there is work out there, seeing as COVID has pretty much like wiped a lot of jobs off the face of the planet. So I'm lucky there. Yeah, I, it's something I think about a lot because the bar that I work at is right next door to a strip club. And obviously those ladies have been out of work for six months now. And um, they did a government bailout package here in America where basically even 1099s, which is like you're not an employee, you're an independent contractor, um, even those employees were eligible to get unemployment payments except for those who work in the adult industry. So all of the dancers who've been out of work here 
um, weren't eligible for unemployment. So I imagine that they have been scrambling. I, my, my assumption would be a lot of them have gone on to maybe escorting with their regulars from the club. Um, because it's just, it's so silly. They, you know, they moralized government support checks. Um, and obviously we've had That's an, mad. isn't that, isn't that crazy? Um, that's crazy. Yeah. And it was one of those things where, you know, the liberals weren't going to hold up passing the bill in order to fight for the rights of adult workers. So they signed on to it. And um, I'm like, well, all these like moralists who want to punish people for working in the sex work just created a lot more prostitutes, like because these dancers need to make money like they have bills. Um, and, and the thing is, these are the sorts of people who are going to the strip clubs, these moralists. Like, so <laughs> they're the ones that are going to be, you know, ruining the, the, the industry for everyone, really. Um, you know, the bankers, the high rollers, the big mm-hmm. ballers, they're all the ones that, who have lots of opinions on lots of things. They're all the ones that go to the strip clubs. So that just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, in the UK, luckily, obviously I'm self-employed, but I do my taxes. And so if you're a taxpayer, you're a self-employed taxpayer of the country, we can claim... Um, claim help from the government mm-hmm. uh there was a cap on it but i mean we were lucky enough they didn't they didn't like you know uh they weren't bothered who was claiming as long as they paid taxes sort of thing so yeah. um yeah that's that's kind of sad so uh, is this strip club ne- next to your bar completely shut still yep i i think wow. they were they it's been a yo-yo here they were re- able to reopen um for about a month and then um everything had to shut down again. So in the past six months, they've only been able to be open for one month. Um, so wow, yeah, that's madness. Um, so I, I, I mean, I assume uh, a lot of people also are turning to the OnlyFans platform, which is what you reached out to me to talk about um, because Bella Thorne joined it and it seemed to create so much controversy and uh, I didn't quite understand why. Well, it, it's it's a funny thing, really, because OnlyFans I heard about a couple of years back, a lot of my friends are, are avid users of OnlyFans. I don't have one myself um, because I work on cam and it is quite time consuming, but you can earn quite a lot of money from it. And um, a lot of muggles, as I would call them, are starting to dip <laughs> their toes in the water when it comes to sex work, the gentrification of sex work and uh, it becoming more fashionable in Hollywood with films like Hustlers, with Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez when that came out. And, um, you know, all the Beyonce films talking about she might start an OnlyFans. Like, all these kind of things are all coming into the public eye now. And so um, people like Cardi B's got an OnlyFans account and and Bella Thorne. And, um, you know, it, it, is, it is just a subscription-based platform where you can charge uh, members for not-fit-for-work content. Um, and... Uh, only fans were like oh great we've got this amazing um celebrity bella thorne we're going to publicize this she's you know this disney ex-disney princess who's very feminist really is just like you know open about her body and it being beautiful and we were all behind her all in the sex industry like, yeah she's gonna you know make everything so positive for us and you know highlight all of the struggles and this and that and you know she was she apparently um researching a movie role so we were a bit like okay how is this gonna go and uh, and she set up her OnlyFans, and um, she just hugely overpromised and underdelivered, which was the massive problem with it. Um, they were basically just the same photos that she was posting on her Instagram on her OnlyFans, but she was charging 
a bunch of money for it. And then the, the chargebacks started happening. So the platform, I mean, she, she earned a million dollars in one day from the platform. Yeah. And two million in a week which is a lot of money. That was the most, it's a record for the platform. Um, and then all the char- chargebacks happened and then they started changing all of their uh, policies because of it. So a lot of the girls have something to say about it and, and I think I do too, you know? So we, by chargebacks, do you mean that people like cancelled their payments because they were dissatisfied? Like she did, what, did she not have naked photos or videos? Was it just like normal Instagram photos? Yeah, it was pretty much just a bit of side boob from what I've heard. I mean, I didn't subscribe to it myself because I knew it was going to be absolute rubbish. But uh-huh. um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, apparently it was just exactly what she was she was posting on her Instagram. Um, and it was to research a, a movie role about the sex industry, which apparently now that isn't even the case. She just said it. Um, uh... So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that I think that this might, you know be a massive change for OnlyFans and and all the girls on there are you know losing their minds over it I mean they've gone from from getting their payments through once weekly to once monthly now just because they're so worried about the chargebacks it was you know hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of money having to be sent back to customers because they were so dissatisfied with the service so when people like cancelled their payments and Bella Thorne had already gotten the money, is OnlyFans on the hook for that then? Or does she have to pay that money back? I'm trying to understand. Well, apparently... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, this is a, a funny one. We're not really sh- too sure. I mean, she said that she's going to donate some of this money back to the sex industry or use it, or she's apparently in meetings with OnlyFans as a company now um, to try and highlight the kind of uh, gap in their system here where people can overcharge and under deliver. She kind of has used it to advantage in a way, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which everyone is a little bit baffled by. But um, yeah, apparently she's she said that she's going to use the money for something else other than for herself. But we, we are still to see what that is for. I mean, we've got strippers collectives in the UK and like, you know, GoFundMe pages and things like that for artwork dancers and adult performers so hopefully she'll donate some of that money to them maybe not in the uk but anywhere so basically the the problem is now the women who were doing or i guess the people who were doing only fans correctly they're upset because there's a delay in when they get their money and so it's kind of um affected their income is that what the the main issue is yeah also there's a cap there's there's been a cap made so that women and men and whoever is on there cannot charge a certain amount for their content before there was no cap from what I understand or at least the cap was a lot higher and now they've basically halved it gotcha Um, so yeah so everybody's basically earning more money they're all being tarnished with the same brush as Bella Thorne which I don't think is really fair no, I see. Initially, when I heard this, um, I was like, oh, Bella Thorne joined OnlyFans. She made a lot of money. And I saw um, people on Instagram posting that she was taking money out of the hands of real sex workers by, you know, pretending to be one. And my initial thought at before knowing more about the story was, well, she's bringing publicity to the platform, which then might bring more subscribers right if you've never mm-hmm. heard yeah. of only fans and then a celebrity gets on it and you're like what's only fans let me go explore this it might be a gateway 
to real sex workers getting more clients. But um, I guess now I understand they're saying that she's taking money from real sex workers because the cap has been created. I thought they were saying were um, indicating that she was stealing their subscribers. And I'm like, well, a rising tide raises all boats. If you listen, if Reese Witherspoon wants to show her clam on OnlyFans, I think that would do that'd be good publicity for the platform. I don't know. Not that Reese is going to do that. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to see it. I'd love yeah. to see it. I can't imagine Reese over-promising and under-delivering, let's be honest. I no. mean, she's one of my favourites. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Like, it, it was it was such a big shock. We were all very much rooting for her. I mean, like, people like Cardi B, like I said, she's got an OnlyFans account, but she is so clear that there's going to be no WAP, there's going to be no tits and asshole on her OnlyFans. It's just going to be backstage access to her music videos and things like that. So it wasn't so much the problem of her starting an OnlyFans. It's just the way she's handled it. Like I know someone who he's an out of work chef and he has an OnlyFans and he literally makes cooking videos on it. And people who want to support him because he is out of work subscribe at like a dollar a month or whatever. And I know another like former reality star who she does like you know they're kind of sexy but she has workout videos and like does juicing but she doesn't promise anything more than that she's not taking money yeah. from people and and then failing to deliver yeah that that is the biggest problem here i think and like i mean you don't blame the girl i mean if you've got a massive platform you're a famous person online you know you've been an actress and you want to make some money in covid i mean do it like go and go on only fans start your only fans put it in your instagram bio but don't i mean and every you know dancer i've said this to my couple of my friends you know they all know what it's like to step on someone else's face for money you know it's like mm -hmm. it's all rooted us in us in the adult industry we are there for money at the end of the day you know so like it's it's you can't really blame her um for for wanting that but it's it's just now everyone's being tarnished with the same brush. It's a little bit of a shame. And I really hope that OnlyFans like steps up and, and changes some of its policies back. But yeah. we see. I mean, it seems like um, yeah. enough outcry from the content creators would maybe encourage them to change it back. Um, do you yeah. think that celebrities making these gentle forays into sex work helps like did the movie hustlers maybe came out too close to covid to tell but like did did the movie hustlers make more people go to strip clubs because i feel like 50 shades of gray made more people get into you know, kinky bondage sex yeah you're right but like it did affect all the dominatrix in all of the dungeons who were doing it legit, you know, not oh. just like lightly spanking each other with tiny little fluffy feathers. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was, it did affect their, their industry too. Um, I would say the 50 shades of gray. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I really do hope that like, this doesn't carry on this way. The muggles dipping their toes in the water. It doesn't always work. I mean, with with uh, Bella Thorne, she did have a lot of people around her, a lot of assistants, a lot of directors of videos and publicists and people like that that could have just at least researched the platform a little bit better so she wouldn't have been in this situation. Um, but I do think that publicizing the, the sex industry ultimately can, can only do good things because, you know, the golden age of stripping and and porn and paying for porn, that is all, you know, rapidly decreased, hasn't mm -hmm. it? Like, um, 
it's definitely not what it was. Yeah. So I think anything to help a struggling industry is, is a good thing. I just, yeah, just in the right way, if possible, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand how hard sex work is or that it is, in fact, work and requires expertise in the same way that a person will watch stand-up comedy and say, oh, I make my friends laugh, I can do stand-up, and then they go to an open mic and they fall flat on their face because... It's an actual skill that takes practice and work. And so people will say, oh, I could do, like, I, you know, I, everyone goes, I could sell foot pics. I could sell pictures. And it's like, could you? Because there's a lot more that goes into it. You have to constantly be creating content and, like, having conversations and building relationships with these people in order for them to want to pay for your foot pics. Like, it's not uh, – and especially when you get into the BDSM world, like, that is something that is actually takes a lot of expertise, I think, to do safely and well. But, you know, the amateurs out there are like, I, you know, I read Fifty Shades of Grey. I could be a dominatrix. <laughs> Yeah, it is literally the same thing as the Hustlers movie. Like, the influx of what we saw in the strip clubs of of girls, like, who work in an office job, popping into the strip club and clogging up all of the, the queuing systems and all of the dance floors, um, trying to dance. It was <laughs> it was quite astonishing. It lasted for about two weeks, and then they all quickly decided it wasn't for them. Um, but, I mean, you know what? You got you can't knock it till you tried it. And, like, yeah. at the end of the day, I was once a little baby stripper once and I had no idea what I was doing. So, you know, it, it was it's all about being, like, kind, but also knowing, like, you know, you know when your time is done and you know when you're not doing something right or if, if it's not for you, it's not for you. It's just like, you know, like we said, the BDSM world and the Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I don't really think if anyone read that book and then went into a real dungeon it would be the kind of same thing they were, were looking for, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how long did it take you from like, okay, you're a little baby stripper. How long did it take you to maybe get the hang of it or feel like, okay, I'm competent at this or I've got the hang of what it takes to make money doing this? It was like a year, I'd say, um, mm-hmm. to feel completely comfortable. Um and I mean, it's such a small circuit in London that, you know, you, you work in one club long enough that everyone knows your name and then you can kind of move around without having to like audition or worry about like the pecking order of things. Because it is a kind of a very like carnal, very like feral job in a way. Um, it is very dog eat dog and uh, feisty. Um, mm-hmm. And so if that's really not your personality, then people will walk all over you. And that's something that I, I struggled with in the beginning because I'm not naturally uh, a stone-faced person. I'm actually quite friendly. I like, you know, to be liked and I like to have friends. And that's just not really the way you walk into a strip club, you know? Like you the girls aren't... guarded. The girls aren't... Fr- it's not It's not a sisterhood, so to speak. Like everyone's there, they're clocking in, they're making their money. And that's it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it kind of can seem that way from the outside, you know, when I first started, that it was very dog-eat-dog. Dog. But then as you work in the industry longer, that's probably why it took me about a year to get that sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have to pay your dues a little bit and people have to see that you're not, you know, going to steal their customer. You're not going to stab them in the back. You're not going to steal their money. You're not going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Girls have to trust you to be able to work with you because it is such 
a subjective job. You have to trust the people that you're working with. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're making thousands and thousands of pounds. And if someone just were to say the wrong thing or step, you know, step in the right wrong area or, you know, it's just, yeah, it can completely mess up your money. So you do have your little clicks that you stick to. And I think it took me about a year to to get to that point where I'm like, okay, I can go to any club in London and I'll have my my people there. You know, I won't be like an alone baby stripper. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think anyone will say this in the sex industry, working with others is always a positive thing. Um, okay. And having, and having friends, you know, like, because it is, it can be quite a lonely job sometimes. Um, so yeah, that support is needed. It just, it just took me quite a year, you know, quite a long time to, to get that, I think. Um, yeah, 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 that's a lot of determination, honestly. As someone who, a million years ago, when I was just turned eighteen, I worked at a, I danced at a club for a month, and it was very, very clear to me that it was not going to be the right line of work for me. That I would not succeed, and the idea of kind of pushing through that and it taking a year, like you have to really want it. That's a lot of determination instead of being like oh, I'm overwhelmed or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I could see it even, even if I had been good at it, I, it might've turned me off if it took me that long to kind of feel like I, f- like I fit in, I guess. Cause we all want to fit in. Well, yeah, of course you do. But I mean, what way do you think you weren't good at it though? Like, was it just because you just didn't like the, was it like the cattiness or was it the late nights or, or what was it? I mean, it was honestly that at this, I didn't mind dancing on stage. I had a total comfort level there. And I think before I worked at a club, because obviously I had just turned 18, I hadn't spent time at clubs. I didn't realize that you have to do lap dances to make money. And that was just very, it was a little bit too intimate to me. And I wasn't good at being sexy or seductive. I'm definitely not. I'm a sexual person, but I'm not a sex kitten <laughs> in any way. And so right. <laughs> I, I, the sort of like seduction element of it, I, you know, I would just walk around and be like, do you want to dance? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that does work sometimes, you know, being that blunt about it, like it does actually work. And, and, you know, it is a job. It is acting like me and the girls mm-hmm. always say this, like, I wouldn't say I'm the most sex kidney p- person. I'm still fumbly and like goofy and like, don't really know, like put in my personal life when I'm having sex. Like I'm not like the most put together kind of person. Um, but at the, at the club, it's just, I think it's just like putting on your game face a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know whether if if you are a dancer, if you are just naturally a sexy person or not, I think they're just really good at acting, you know? And that could um, very well be... Prote- I, I've yeah. been a bartender now for 15 years, so maybe yeah. with the social skills that I've developed where – because I give – like I I make very good tips bartending. I average 40% tips, and it's because I offer what I call the friendship experience <laughs> where right. I am better at uh, basically pretending these people are my friends. They're in my home. I – whatever – like – wherever whatever energy they come in with I meet them there like I roll with it and so who knows maybe if I did go back to dancing having had that experience because what 18 year old has great 
social skills. (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. It was definitely your age. Like you even see it like, you know, in the, in the clubs where girls have, have like gone to dance classes and gone to like, you know, pole classes and they come in at 18. It's just like Bambi, like bow legged Bambi. And you're like, it's just because you're so young, you know? And then there's like 40 year old dancers that are there, like, you know, they're 40 and they're a little bit past it, but they're the most sexy women I've seen, you know? And it's like, it it is just an age thing. A hundred percent. I get that. Yeah. Um, so what were you doing online sex work pre COVID or was that a COVID inspiration? That was definitely a COVID inspiration. Like I always said to myself, I'm never going to go on cam. You know, you, people see your face, people can see who you are, like blah, 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 blah. Um, I want to be a little bit more incognito and, you know, private, but, um, Mm -hmm desperate times and also I've just I have got to the age now where I'm just like who cares like it it is 2020 you know if a woman wants to you know prostitution sex work is the oldest profession in the world people have been selling sex since the dawn of time and if we're not now gonna be just in accepting and kind and inclusive of people who want to do that then I'm just not about that anymore, you know? So I just thought, Cam, why not? And actually, um, I don't think I'm going to go back to dancing. I think stripping is done for me because of Cam, you know? Oh, I really? actually prefer it. Yeah. Um, is it because it's just better? You don't have to go out? Is that what makes it more... It's, well, yeah, I, it is actually. And actually the hours are better and I don't have to stay in a club environment till six in the morning. Maybe I'm, Maybe it's my age. <laughs> Maybe well, I'm like, I'm too old for that now. Well, yeah, absolutely. You get you reach a certain point where you're like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be out till six a.m. Anyone who's out past midnight is number one. They're just too fucked up, anyways. Like that's yeah. as a bartender, I'm like any everything that happens after midnight. It's every that people are wasted. They're on coke. Like it's a lot harder yeah. to deal with, and your your patience for that gets it wanes with age for sure. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. And do, would you ever do something like an OnlyFans or is it, that's too much work because you have to, um, do all kind of the, I don't know, with that you have to like make the content and edit the content and then manage the personal relationships. Is that like, what, what, what turns you off about it? I mean, yeah, it is, first it is a lot of work and it's, I, I mean, for me personally now, like my podcast is the most interesting thing that I'm doing. Like I really do enjoy doing that side of things. And even to have an Instagram with my podcast, I'm struggling putting out enough content. I am just very old school and I'm just like, send me a letter, like send me a carrier pigeon, send me an owl, like, and talk to me in real life or pick up the phone. Like just the online, online platforms in a way, it's just, it's so far removed. That's what I kind of loved about, the strip club is that you can actually talk to a real person and like Mm -hmm. have a real conversation in a real environment same on cam like you are talking to someone live um only fans for me is just so sterile and 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 honestly i think you can make just about as much money on cam and it's just much more enjoyable um and also you get to meet weird and wonderful people and my whole podcast is about talking about that you know and it gives me a lot of good content for my podcast so the two merge really well together um only fans is just a little bit more yeah it's, it's like producing your own 
Yeah, it's like producing your own porn, basically. It's like you have to be your own art director, your own editor, and there's no one on the other end of it directly. But, and I'm sure people are, as someone who now, you know, I have social media for myself and the podcast, and I also don't update it enough. Like, I don't take selfies. I'm 35 years old. It's just not my thing. And I get a lot of people saying, we want you to show more of you on it. And I'm like, it's just that extra added element and now that I have a Patreon for the show it's an you know it's another obligation where instead of just like a job where you can or like camming where you can go okay I'm online now it's like oh I have a de- I have to do this I have to do this now I have to create this it's, it's a little bit more pressure I think um, yeah and then you feel like you owe something to your subscribers because they've been paying you every month and you can't take a month off if you're like sick or tired or whatever it doesn't matter because you have to constantly be creating content yeah but the thing is it is i mean because i'm i am literally very um i'm very old-fashioned like i am not supposed to be this age you know i'm just like i just want to look at something instead of film it through my iphone so for me to create even a, a podcast once a week that's a lot like you know figuring out who i'm gonna have on there figuring out you know, all the videos I'm going to post about it, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I totally get you. It is it is like a full-time job. And then OnlyFans is just on, that on crack, basically. Yeah. Like, it is literally on crack. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I'd be very good at it, to be honest. I And I think that the, no. um, the users of that, like, of OnlyFans, like, they feel like an ownership over people. Like, oh, I'm one of your subscribers. Like, I have an – I'm entitled – this from you which in a way they are they're paying subscribers but the idea that someone could have like entitlement uh to your person seems uh i don't know it it puts me a little bit off um for on your podcast you have your um your co-host rosie is she on every episode with you she's not so she actually um she has a muggle job, I'm going to say that. She, she knows all about it. She's got a day job now. So because COVID is, is finally, hopefully, coming to an end, um, she's back at work. So she's got less time to talk about slutty stuff with me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like the primary host now. So she's, she'll probably dip in and out. Um, and I love always having her on there. She's like my housemate, my best friend. But, um, but yeah, it's me. It's me Han soloing now. And I kind of love it, to be honest. It gives me a lot of, like, free reign. Um, mm-hmm. And... And it is actually like a really special moment when she comes back onto the microphone. I'm like, yes, I can't wait to have an amazing chat with you. And she's still working in the uh, sugar daddy, like, sphere. So she's still got like a lot to, you know, occupy our time with. Um, But yeah, it is me. Just me (laughs) right now. Okay. And then you like maybe do you you interview other people or have like rotating guests? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes I'm on my own, which I quite like. I mean, it is quite a uh, like freeing experience being able to just waffle on about whatever i'll be like oh yeah today i want to talk about anal or i want to talk about contraception <laughs> or i want to talk about this or whatever and then uh and then i have like a few friends so i had like dr kink who's like a doctor friend of mine who was a customer actually um from adult work and he's a um sex psychologist so i had him on there talking about the history of bdsm like hysteria and things like that and then um last week i had another podcaster on there who does like a very she's Glaswegian. she's got an amazing voice talking about her blowjob technique and her dating experience during covid so it is really just like a a very easygoing like funny podcast but with some serious notes in there as well um and it's it is quite informative 
on if a girl or guy wanted to start up in the sex industry, just give you a few like tips and tricks on if you ever wanted to do that kind of thing. Um, I mean, that is probably, that's going to give people, uh, uh, I'm tr- sorry, I'm, I'm distracted because I'm trying to find the one with the doctor, Dr. Kink. Okay. I'm going to download that. I did yeah. not listen to that one. Um, yeah, there's two prob- of them. He's really amazing. Honestly, he's so, so fascinating. Um, yeah, it probably is helpful for people because especially if you're starting out doing like cam work, you're alone and you, you need like a big sister to give you the tips and the tricks to get started. Um, so you aren't out there all on your own trying to figure it out. Uh, so I reckon that this would be, yeah, yeah, helpful to people. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, if I would, I wish I had someone that was like, okay, guys, this is how you do it. You just take your money then. You don't go into the hotel room without telling someone where you are. I know it's really basic stuff, but like, you know, I've had so many DMs since starting the podcast with girls just like, tell me what you think of this. Like, here's the screenshot for this. Where do I go? I'm like, oh my God, I feel like the, you know, the stripper fairy godmother of some kind. That everyone's <laughs> just coming to me. And I'm like, it's actually really like humbling. And I feel really honored that these these women are are like sharing their their intimate secrets with me. Um so that that is the best thing that's come out of this podcast, like a hundred percent for me. It's yeah. the the relationships that you build with people. I mean, some of what I would consider my closest friends are people I met because they were listeners of the podcast. But like I've been on the other end where I am a fan of a podcast and I feel like it, it's a it's a one-sided relationship, but I'm like, I know this person. Like I I we're friends. I see myself in them, whatever. And so it is such an intimate thing um where people really they listen to your podcast, they get to know you and then they feel comfortable reaching out to ask something that they probably they're not going to ask like their friends about, you know, sex work stuff. What the fuck do their friends know? And maybe they aren't ready for their friends to know about it yet. So um, it's, it's, a, it's a service that you're providing, you know, where you're making a safe space where people can communicate about these things. Yeah, I, totally. And that's so interesting that you say that you've met like a lot of your friends from the podcast, like that I've, I've actually started making friends because obviously I'm in a baby podcast and, uh, I, it's, I just love it. I love the fact that people are like, Oh, can we like, I would be really nice to like talk to you about this and that. And I'm like, Oh, actually it's, I only have a few friends anyway in my real life. So this is actually expanding my my calendar and I'm like really loving it. And it's people who want to talk about the same slightly things like I do because not all my friends, like you said, want to talk about it. So yeah, that's really interesting that you say that. Well, yeah, I feel like, I mean, and this happens when you get older is people grow apart and, you know, I, I have people like... Oh, all my old friends, you know, they're married, they're raising kids, they're talking about good school districts and mortgages and stuff. And I'm like, you know, reading about sex and reading about drugs and like talking to strangers about these things because that's what I find interesting. And it's just kind of like the the friends I had in real life, we drifted apart in a way because like they aren't on this same exploratory journey that I'm on. And so thankfully, um, you know, through podcasting and through social media, I've been able to meet people who have similar interests. Um, Because, yeah, otherwise I'd just be like bored to death Mm -hmm. (laughs) talking to, you know, old friends in real life. Well, now you have my number. We can talk. That's true. I was cool. I didn't know that I had international service on my phone, uh, so I was really surprised. I thought we were going to – I guess it's been so long since I've talked to somebody internationally. I thought we were going to have to call through, like, WhatsApp or, I don't know, Google Voice. So oh, this is really great. neat. 
Yeah. I, I, so I assume we can text then too, which is crazy. I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know why I didn't know. I didn't know you could send international texts. Yeah, I know. It's a lot, isn't it? Now WhatsApp is alive. We're just like, we don't almost don't need that anymore. But yeah, you have my number now. So Sydney, we can be friends, podcast uh, friends. That would be great. I love it. I mean, we're, hump, like we're hump day buddies. So uh, <laughs> yes, we are. Every Wednesday, I'm going to be looking out for you, girl. I know when you're on. Yes. Um, and this one will go up um, tomorrow. So amazing. Um, yeah. What are, what are you potting about? Do you have a show going up tomorrow? Yes, I do. I've I've actually done some little bits on it. I'm gonna. St- I'm also like a little bit of a late bloomer. I have like loads of things going on in my head. So sometimes I have them like pre-recorded for weeks before, and then then I have them like literally the day of. I'll like end rec- end of my recording and edit it. Um, I don't really like editing too much. Do you? Like I quite like just letting it flow. Um, um, yeah, I don't I'm- really edit. <laughs> no, it's kind of nice though. I think like that. But I'm I'm actually doing like a kind of uh, like how to make money in covid as oh. a sex worker so like i'm doing like a little like bullet point how to it kind of funny in funny ways and like telling them how my how my experiences have kind of merged into that that's this week so fingers crossed it'll be okay <laughs> yeah so everyone listening um to this uh today go look at stripper stories so that you can learn how to make some freaking money during covid which we all need to be yes. doing <laughs> for real yes thank you sydney thank you so much i'm so honored that you came on my show and um yeah i'm so excited to be pod friends Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Like, as a little baby podcast, I'm always about, like, meeting new podcast friends. So thank you very much for having me. I'm such a massive fan. Yeah. You want to tell everyone to have a happy hump day? Have a happy hump day. (laughs) Bye, guys.